Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news. We also have a new segment called Protect Your Neck. Then we will talk about election security and a troubling story from the Washington Post about some states turning down funding for election security. And finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from the state of New Jersey. Bernard Township's computers were breached by a ransomware attack that was discovered last week. The ransomware attack caused the township's websites to go offline. The mayor said a preliminary investigation shows that the town's financial and payroll software were not affected, and the police department was not impacted either. So why are we talking about a township in New Jersey? Because this is part of a larger trend of state and local governments being increasing targets of cyber attacks. According to Recorded Futures, in 2019, ransomware attacks affected more than 100 state and local governments. So why are they the target of these types of attacks? Because they are easier targets. Municipal governments often lack the funding, staffing, and resources to protect themselves from cyber attacks. Our next story comes from The Hill. The Government Accountability Office issued a report that found that the Department of Homeland Security, which oversees the security of high-risk chemical facilities as part of the Chemical Facilities Anti-Terrorism Standards Program, hasn't updated the cybersecurity guidance for those facilities in more than a decade. In addition, the report found that the inspectors used by DHS may not have the knowledge, skill, and abilities to fully support the program's cybersecurity-related missions. DHS concurred with all of the GAO's six recommendations. What makes the GAO's findings more startling is that the Department of Homeland Security sent out an alert to companies operating critical systems in February, warning them that they were the target for hackers. Hopefully, this is a wake-up call for DHS, and I hope they embrace this report. Our final story comes from the United Kingdom, where Britain's energy system was a victim of a cyber attack that targeted the IT infrastructure used to run the country's electricity market. According to The Guardian, Alexon, the electricity systems administrator, was hit by a cyber attack late last week. Fortunately, the system used to govern the electricity markets were not affected, and the lights are still on in the UK. Electrical grids are critical infrastructures, and if power were to go down, the impact on a country would be devastating. We have a new segment today called Protect Your Neck. For my hip-hop fans, this is the title of the first single from the Wu-Tang Clan's classic album, Enter the 36 Chambers. The phrase is a warning to people to look out. 
During this segment, we'll be talking about current scams you should be aware of and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cybersecurity incident report rolled into one. There is a new email scan that takes a different approach to attacking users. Recently, people have been receiving scam emails that appear to be DHL delivery notifications. You've probably seen these types of emails before. But what makes this scam effective is that instead of sending an urgent message to users to try to convince them to click on the link in the email, the message takes a less urgent tone and tells the recipient that they can simply track their package by clicking on the link. Once they click the link, it takes the user to a malicious site that looks like the real DHL website and asks the user to put in their login credentials. However, there are some things that you can do to protect your neck if you get one of these emails. First, ask yourself, did I order anything? Am I expecting a delivery? Did the company use DHL to ship me the product? Next, you can hover over the link to determine where the link is actually going to send you. I have one more piece of protect your neck advice. The US CERT has made a list of the most exploited security bugs. The majority of these bugs are Microsoft flaws that people simply forget to patch. A number of cyber attacks exploit vulnerabilities that companies have created patches for. So let's all just take a minute and install the patches. Or as the RZA, Raekwon, Ghostface, and the rest of the Wu-Tang Clan tell us, watch your step kid and protect your neck. Our main topic today is election security. According to the Washington Post, officials in Florida have not yet said if they will accept $20 million in federal funding for election security. That is part of the CARE Act. The CARE Act includes $400 million in election security funding for states. Experts and lawmakers feel that this funding is needed to address the larger number of people who are going to be voting by mail. According to the Brennan Center, it will cost about $2 billion to run elections safely and securely during the pandemic. So these funds that states are receiving is extremely important. During our news segment, we already talked about how states and local governments are increasingly being targeted by attackers. Because of this, wouldn't accepting the money be a no-brainer? The problem is that Congress also mandated states match that money with 20% of their own funding. So Florida would have to come up with $4 million for election security in order to get the $20 million. If Florida does not accept all of the money, or only accepts part of the money, it would join Utah, that requested just $2 million of the $4.3 million available in funding, and Oklahoma, which plans to request only part of its $5.5 million in available funding. While I know state budgets are stretched, now isn't the time to cut costs on election security. Our final segment today is our Cybersecurity Award. This week, I have one award I want to hand out, and it's the Martin I Can't Pay the Five Award. One of my favorite shows is the 90s sitcom Martin, starring Martin Lawrence. One of the show's most memorable episodes was about how Martin's landlord raised his rent. In response, Martin refused to pay his rent, and his landlord turned off his heat during a winter storm. Martin is criticized by his girlfriend and friends for not paying his rent, 
Martin states that he can't pay the five. His friends think that he is referring to a 5% or even $500 increase in his rent. Instead, Martin and his friends go through a series of disasters because Martin does not want to pay a $5 increase in rent. When his friends find out that it was only a $5 increase, they are rightfully angry. This award goes to Oklahoma's governor and state legislature for their failure to accept all of the election security funding under the CARE Act. What makes their decision even more concerning is that the state legislature cited election security and the risk of voter fraud as the basis and primary driver behind their vote to require all absentee ballots to be notarized. This vote came only three days after a ruling from the Oklahoma Supreme Court that would have allowed people to vote by absentee ballot without having to notarize the ballot. If election security is so important, why can't you just pay the five? Or in this case, the 20% in matching funding that is required under the CARE Act. I only hope that the state's failure to pay this money does not lead to voters in our state suffering. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see you guys next week.